As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You are listening to the Music Mondays with Mazement podcast. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. For more information, go to musicmondayspodcast.com. In this episode, we are going to get into the latest news around the music industry. We are then going to get right into a brief Let's Get Technical segment. And then, most importantly, we will get into a new Artist on Call segment featuring Eddie Collier. What's up, music heads? Welcome back to a new episode of the Music Mondays with Mazement podcast. I am your host, Mazement. 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 Here's a fact Music Mondays, music facts. The Troubadour in West Hollywood, California opened its doors in 1957 and is now known as one of the most legendary rock venues. Music Mondays, music facts. <laughs> The first piece of news we got to get right into is the AMA Awards happened this year. I did not watch them. I wasn't a fan of the host, Cardi B. As soon as I saw she was hosting, I was like, there's no way I could sit through an award show with her as the host. Not happening. But looking at some of the award winners, post-show was like Megan The Stallion for Best Hip Hop Female. I mean, The weekend won his. Ed Sheeran, I believe, was on there as well. Taylor Swift. It's kind of the ones you'd expect. It it made me realize how repetitive the music industry is with these top tier artists. You know, it's it's too bad that there was no way that we could kind of, you know, cycle some new ones in at the same time more often than they do. I mean, every year you might hear about one or two more musicians in that top tier, but it's just, it's kind of, uh, it's an oversaturated market and it goes where the money is, you know, and obviously those top tier artists are doing it year in and year out. So that's why we see them on the top of the billboard, but maybe down the road, now that there are so many things musically coming out technology wise, 
which we'll get into in a little bit, as well as, you know, just certain moves that the music industry is making due to uh, revenue streams and all that. Maybe we will see some more independent artists get in uh, more frequently than they do now. That would be the goal I'd like to see, because I'd like to see these shows kind of switch it up a little bit because it just seems way too repetitive and like predictable, I guess you could say. It's like, obviously, Taylor Swift's going to win some AMA, you know, but like we'll get there. Fingers crossed. Hopefully it happens sometime soon. But otherwise, it seemed like it was a good turnout. Um, talent was noticed, you know, which is always good. But hopefully next year they come up with a different host so I could watch it. There's a new band out there. Taylor Hawkins, who you might recognize, is the drummer of the Foo Fighters. Dave Navarro was in uh, Jane's Addiction. He also did an album with Red Hot Chili Peppers, I believe. If you see him, you'll recognize him. I mean, he's been around. Chris Chaney, who was in Jane's Addiction, is in the band as well. Those three have created a new band called NHC. Based on the name, I don't think they're taking it like to the... I don't think Taylor Hawkins is trying to become a lead singer, you know, like like a Dave Grohl. But it, I think it's like a fun project they got on the side by what it looks like. And I think it's great. I didn't even know Taylor could sing. But uh, they have a video out there that circulate and you'll have to check it out. They did a, a cover of Ziggy Stardust live. I think it was at Troubadour in L.A. And Taylor Hawkins' son comes out and plays drums. It was pretty impressive. Check it out. New band in town. I thought that was pretty impressive to hear those names collaborating. A few weeks ago, Adele hosted her one night only concert special and promoting her new album. It was the first TV special or anything she's done since 2015. I watched it. There was a, I think it was like an invite only event. She had a bunch of celebrities there, like Seth Rogen, I think was in the crowd. There was a bunch of different, you know, faces, but she performed. And I watched every song pretty much that she performed. And then she did like side interview with Oprah throughout the whole thing. So it's kind of cool. If you're an Adele fan, you would love it. I, I just think I was more focused on the musical aspect. And I think she killed the performance, which isn't surprising. It's Adele. She's like crazy talented. But check that out if you haven't seen it yet. The final thing I wanted to bring up is this new metaverse that Facebook is creating. It's supposedly rumored to be the new internet of the future, and it's going to take some time to develop just because we we don't have everything we need for it the way they want to do it now. I mean, we have virtual reality headsets, so I think you're going to start seeing it soon. But I think when it becomes into full effect, like to get to the new internet, it has to have a lot more than what we have now. But the reason I bring it up is how music is going to affect this, how how music is going to be involved. And it's been a question that's been going around the internet since the announcement of it. The way you got to look at it is there's bright side, there's pros and cons. You know, I think one of the pros I saw was the fact that I could pay to go to a concert and not have to actually go to the concert. I could buy a front row ticket and just put on a virtual reality headset and be right there. So hypothetically, I mean, as a musician, as a fan of music, you want to go to the concert physically. You want to feel it. You want everything. But let's say if I'm in the U.S. and I have some stuff going on a certain week and the concert I want to go to is in London, here's the way to get there. You know, you could do it through virtual reality. I think it's cool. And especially if it is as realistic as they're trying to promote it to be, I think it's a great idea. And I can't wait to see what it becomes. On the con side of the whole 
thing. It could get into advertising and all that. I mean, I'm curious to see how the revenue stream, you would think it would provide more of an opportunity to musicians and artists just because it's a new platform. It's a new universe, I guess you could say, but I'm curious to see how it works out. You know, there used to be this thing years ago when I was younger, I, I was probably like early teens or something called Coke music. And it's a little, it's, totally different because metaverse is more about i think they're trying to promote it more about business and stuff like that coke music was strictly about music but you got to make your own music in the game as well as go around and socialize this kind of reminds me of that element as a musician standpoint like i think it could be pretty cool and pretty creative the fact that you're going to be able to meet with different people around the world all the time when you're not even you know in the same country or same place as they are i think it's definitely in the right direction. I just think it could be dangerous at the same time, but we won't get into that. Either way, I think it's a great opportunity for music. Can't wait to see what it brings. Let's get technical. As stated in the intro, this Let's Get Technical segment is going to be brief. I wanted to get like 10 options and just list them out for you for Christmas ideas for a loved one for a musician, you know, but it didn't seem like I could, I couldn't find that many gadgets or anything that caught my attention that I felt were worth recommending based on, you know, excluding what I've already said on previous episodes. So if you want to see any gadgets, you know, that came out in the past few months, check those episodes out. But this month I got one that stuck out to me. And it was the Suwanu Bono. <laughs> How can I mess this name up? Su- it's Suwanu Buwonu Laser. And that company is out of Sweden. So Suwanu Buwonu created this module that has laser parameters that detects hand gestures. So I could be playing the keyboard and have this thing hooked up to the keyboard and then be doing different. There's a video, actually, you could look it up where the the musicians going like this with their hand. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see like left hand or right hand is just kind of moving up as you're playing with the other hand. And it's almost like that other hand that's moving is doing the automation that you would normally plug into whatever DAW you use, but you could do like phase in the frequency. I'm sure you could set it to certain parameters. And I just thought it was so cool. And it just goes to show like where technology is going that now you could just move a hand and do something, you know, and morph music. Like, I, I just think it's crazy. Check it out. It's Suwanu Buwonu Laser. It's S-U-O-N-O, B-U-O-N-O, Laser. But just because there's only one gadget or, you know, music-related item I'm mentioning on here doesn't mean that there's none that you could buy for musician friends or whatever. Go online, search it, because throughout 2021, there's been a lot, especially dating back to January at the NAM. Uh, they released it a lot there you know that you might not know about so check those out otherwise for if you're an audio engineer producer something like that there's some great deals going on for software and plugins right now so go check those out waves.com has a bunch i'm sure you could find some on splice or something like that but go check those out black friday sales i believe are still going on so don't miss out on those Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But today's Artist On Call features the very talented musician, Eddie Collier. He's from Portland, Oregon. He has such a unique sound to him. He's the accomplishments he's already achieved is pretty insurmountable. He has already met some incredible people. He's already taken some huge steps in the music industry and his sound and energy is uncomparable to most musicians you hear today. So we're going to get right into talking with Eddie and then we're going to close out this episode. Here it is an all new artist on call. Artist on call. Artist on call. So we are here with Eddie Callier from Portland, Oregon, now in Atlanta, Georgia. How's it going, man? So uh, pretty good, pretty good. I actually live in L.A. now, but I'm, it's, it's funny that you mentioned Atlanta because I'm literally in Atlanta right now visiting to get some projects. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> I swear to God, dude, I'm not stalking you. I'm in Connecticut right now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's sick though. So so now that you're visiting, I, I'm assuming all your family is in Atlanta. That's why you're there. Actually, I have some family out here. Uh, I came out here to work on some projects, you know, outside of my own music. I do a lot of production work for other people and and engineering and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I came out to work on some projects and it just so happened to be time around the time where I could, you know, see some people before I go back, but I'm heading, I'm actually heading back right before the big day. So, you know, that's right so dope. But yeah. <laughs> did you grow up in Portland or did you grow up in Atlanta? Uh, kind of a mixture. Yeah. I was back and forth a lot. Uh, like growing up. So I was born in Portland, spent some time there, then moved to Georgia, like in the outskirts of Atlanta in this small town called Covington. And then I went back to Portland, back to Covington, back to Portland. Then I moved to Atlanta. Uh, and yeah, so it was, it was a bit of a, a mixture. So I have a whole bunch of different stuff happening. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was going to say that's two totally different music scenes you're mixing together. Yeah. A hundred percent. That definitely, that explains your sound a lot. Like I just got like yeah. 10 answers right there with that, <laughs> with that <laughs> answer. Cause it's like the rock element mixed with like the EDM and all that. It all makes sense now. Yeah. So, so now which, which would you say you most associate with the the Portland music scene or the Atlanta? Um, actually, but between the two, I would almost say neither. Yeah, really, like moving to Los Angeles was probably one of the best things for me musically because um, in LA, there's just a certain type of sound. You know, uh, there's a certain type of uh, there's a certain type of focus put 
on the like the intentionality if that's a word of um of music made and that's like where i am you know like a lot of the stuff out there that i've been gotten a chance to be in the studios to hear other people making like they're making music to be heard on the big screen in these like imax theaters and that's like the it sounds like that you know and i feel like that's more the direction that i'm that i'm in and the direction that i'm going in and everything it's almost like you're competing with a bigger sound in that market compared to the other ones. Yeah, no, I get it. A hundred percent. Now, what, uh, what made you choose LA? What made you make that move? Well, um, I've been wanting to go to LA since I was very, very, very young. And I just, oh, it always felt so far away. It always felt like such an unachievable goal. And then, um, and then when I did the uh, the TV show, when I did uh, the four, we were out there for a period of time and I got a chance to kind of explore and everything. And I was like, oh, this is this is kind of cool. And after uh, I finished up with my time on the show, um, most of the other people that were on there ended up moving to L.A. and I didn't. And I saw a lot of the stuff they had going on out there. And I was like, you know what? let me just go check it out i went to go check it out at the top of the pandemic i like in right before everything started uh it was march of 2020 and i booked a a flight and i was going to be there for an entire month i booked out shows i you know booked sessions and all this other stuff like that i got out there and everything was amazing i loved like the energy and the vibe and then i um I was on stage one night and the police came to the door and said at 12 o'clock, everyone has to be out of here because there is a mandatory quarantine in effect. Wow. Yeah. And so I ended up um, leaving there and uh, getting kind of stranded in L.A., having to figure out stuff. Thankfully I had some amazing people and I'll probably talk about that a little bit more later around me. But um, yeah, in that time though, even with all of the pandemic stuff and crazy things happening, LA was still like the place because just mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, it just felt right being there. Well, that must've been pretty freaky. Like there's, there's a million things that people could say to you when you get off a stage, you know, yeah. but like, but when you're getting off because of a mandatory quarantine, I mean, from like watching post-apocalyptic movies and stuff, and then you hear something like that, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's funny because I actually, that is, that was all that was, has been going through my mind for the last like two years. Like this whole thing is like, dude, I just watched this in a movie. Like, five times. <laughs> like right. seriously. Great. And I mean, on the bright side, at least you're doing something you're passionate about when it does happen. And, you know, you're in L.A., a place that you love, you know, when it happens, you know. So at least if you got to get locked down, you might as well get locked down somewhere you want to be. Honestly, I feel like there's no place I would have rather been locked down unless it was Hawaii. with like, Oh, true. Yeah. It would have been nice. Yeah, true. (laughs) But that is definitely up there on the list of places I would 
have preferred to be locked down in. I couldn't even imagine that. Like with with my stage, well, not even stage fright, my travel anxiety I have now that I've developed over the years. I couldn't imagine being on stage even and then hearing that as I'm performing. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's funny because it actually, honestly, in a weird way, once I stopped freaking out, it was a bit of a relief. Right. Um, not, you know, all the craziness of it, but the fact that I was being forced to take a break. Um, yep. And the thing is, like, before that, you know, my, my whole career had pretty much been based around performance, which is the reason why I went on a performance television show instead of like something more artistry focused, you know, because everything was about, you know, being on stage and being in front of people and all of that. And then once that was stripped away, I had to refine like who I am musically and why I do what I do. And that, I mean, I wrote and, and produced an entire project in a week because of it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And we're going to get into that. But like the one thing I got to ask too, is how was that experience on the four and people who are listening that don't know what the four is, it's a music competition show on Fox on the channel Fox. I feel like it's a competition for like the voice and all them. I think it's like one of them. And um, the judges are like, what we got DJ Khaled, Puff Daddy, uh, Megan trainer. And who's the fourth one? Uh, it was, he's like a, was... a, re a record label executive, right? Charlie Walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie. Charlie yep. I really yep. hope he sees me forgetting his name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll kind of cut it. I'll kind of cut it and make it so it's quicker. So it makes it seem like you thought of it like that. How about that? Oh, no, that's cool. You can leave it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so it's a very impressive, you know, judge panel, you know. So how was that experience on that show for you? It was it was a really amazing experience. Uh, I think one of the most amazing parts of it was just like the people that I met, you know, through the whole thing. Um, a lot of them are like my closest friends now, either directly from the show or from some kind of connection through it. And for that, I'm really grateful. I got to see the inner workings of things with uh, with television and with network stuff and all of that to see how things move. Um, and you know, I got a chance to live like a king in LA for, for, you know, about a month and some change. Uh, it was, it was really cool. As far as the actual performance part of it, it was, um, I don't know. It, it was interesting. It felt like almost any other performance. Right. Um, yeah. And one of the things that they actually took out of, uh, of the story when they, posted up the uh well when they broadcast the the show and in the interviews i told them about a lot of the stuff that i had going on around that time i had just finished doing this stuff uh i was on tanks uh savage tour uh opening for them in 2017 and uh i just finished doing some stuff at candy burris's restaurant and like you know headlining some festivals and all this other stuff like that and um so I was already kind of in that mode. And so when I walked up on that stage, right before I got on that stage, uh, a thought popped in my head for like half a second. I was like, oh, I'm about to go on stage in front of millions of people watching around the world. And then these people who made the records that I've been listening to for like the last 20 years. And then immediately thereafter, I was just like, this is what I do like every day. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it was fun. Um, there were actually some people that came to the show who had seen me live before. Um, and there was this whole like corner of people um, next to the stage that uh, that it all like, you know, I actually was wearing some jewelry that one of the girls had given me. And um, yeah, they, they were so supportive and like just screaming my ear off <laughs> on that side. Yeah, it was it was pretty it- amazing. It was, and I mean, what I saw on it, you know, I watched it briefly, like your performance on there was impressive, you know, and, and one thing I've always heard about those shows, like I've had a few friends that were on The Voice and I've always heard about how subjective it could be and like how, how friendly you have to be with the producers and this producer is better than that producer because of this and that, you know, like I've heard all that, you know, and I assume this is the same, you know, same deal. Honestly, if, if there is anything I would say, um, let me see. What can I say without being sued? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, if there's anything that I would say, I would say it's definitely it's definitely something that is made for someone's vision of what music is, yeah. um, and not necessarily for what music is. Right. Uh, there is a certain thing there's a certain mindset that comes along with it um that's different than the way i think about it one of the things uh one of the things i would say about it um is that i i'm one of those people who believes that we are all you know we all have the ability to be great in our own right and each one of us you know there's a lane for everyone and the entire premise of shows like that is in fact literally the premise of that show was to knock somebody out of their spot. Right. And, you know, while I'm, I'm all here for competition and I'm definitely competitive, I'm like, I'm, I'm competitive. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to come out here. I'm going to do what I do and, you know, show who I am. You do the same. And then, you know, may the best person win. But at the same time, I'm not one of those people who's like, Oh, you suck because I'm better than you, you know? Right. (laughs) And that's what they wanted. That was the energy that they wanted to be presented. And I wasn't for that. And so, you know, no, that, that makes sense. That makes a hundred, you know, a hundred percent sense. And I would say for me that, I mean, I could say this cause I wasn't on the show and, and I won't be, but like the, (laughs) the reason is I don't have the talent that half the people do that get on that show, you know, but like the, the thing is, is the judge panel itself, I was kind of putting myself in your shoes and I was like, okay, I was like, Charlie Walker, eh, I mean, he knows, Charlie Walker knows his music. He's a very professional guy. He's who you want to be on your side. I get that. But I don't really know if he's the guy I need to impress because he's going to be more looking at my performances outside of this show. He's going to be more looking at my brand as an overall, you know, being a record label exec. So that's him. You know, I'm looking at this judge fan. I'm like, that's him. Megan Trainer, she's great. Very talented. I want her respect. But it's like, eh, whatever. DJ Khaled. I don't care what he thinks of me because I care nothing about DJ Khaled. I can't stand DJ Khaled, (laughs) you know, but like, then it comes to Puff Daddy. I'm like, okay, that's the one judge I got to impress. You know, like for me, I put myself in your shoes. I'm like, that's the one that makes sense, you know? And that would be like my opinion, which one of them for you feel like stuck out to you as like, Oh my God. Yeah. That's the one I got to. None of them really, honestly. (laughs) I like that. I mean, it's, you know, Cause 
honestly, I'm not even gonna lie. I was kind of, I don't know. I, I didn't really fully grasp everything that was happening until after it happened. But I was kind of like just going with the motions and going with the flow of things. And so I wasn't even thinking about, you know, who I want to impress, at least not who I want to impress uh, on that panel. I think I feel like if anybody I wanted to impress, like the seven year old me right. who always wanted to be on national television, you know, yeah. and I think I, I think I did that. So, oh, I would say, I would say your stage presence was outstanding. Like when I, when I was like, you were killing it. You were killing it. I mean, with Esmeralda, right? That was the, yeah, yeah. I got her right here. Too. You see, so there, there's Esmeralda, <laughs> you know. So, anybody that watched that will know if you're watching this on YouTube, you would have just seen Esmeralda. But the, <laughs> no, it's just very impressive, you know, on your part. And I was actually shocked that you didn't, I never watched that show. So, I don't mm -hmm. know much about it. I'm more familiar with the voice and like American Idol and stuff. But, um, yeah. From what I saw, I was I was kind of shocked. I was like, "Oh, he's moving on. He's moving on." And then it didn't happen. I was like, "Oh, what the hell?" <laughs> you know? Yeah, their comment <laughs> was that I was too nice. I was too sweet. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I I don't know. In my world, that's not a bad thing. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. There's a whole thing. In fact, one of the songs on my project is kind of about that. Actually, yep. a few songs, but it. It's like they tried to kind of take a thing that made me who I am and like spin it to be something that, you know, isn't desired. And yeah, it was very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Oh, yeah. No, that makes total sense. And like, tell me a little bit about the project that you're referring to. It's your latest album, right? Uh, yeah. Love the Experience, Volume 1. And um, so pretty much that project is kind of like, the years prior, just everything that had been building up, just kind of coming out onto a record. Um, essentially, like everything with that show, um, I even had a situation where where I almost like died. Um, and yeah, I was stuck in a hospital without the ability to do what I love. Wow. Like, with nothing to eat, nothing to drink. And um it's kind of what was the catalyst for me doing a lot of the stuff that I did that year and a lot of the stuff that ended up getting me to where I was. And so pretty much all of that. And then I had some people pass away in 2019 and I kind of, before quarantine was, what was the thing I kind of quarantined myself for a while. And, um, and so, you know, in that, in all of that, in all that period of time, um, there was a lot that was building up within me, a lot that I wanted to say, but I was so busy, like in the hamster wheel, just, you know, doing a whole lot and going in front of people, doing things, uh, being on these shows and everything. And when everything shut down um, in 2020, I kind of was forced to sit down with these thoughts, with these things that had been oppressing me for so long. And um, one of my friends, uh, one of my producer friends um, named Tech, he actually allowed me to stay at his house during the rest of my trip because I would pretty much gotten out to LA, spent all of my money because I was planning to do all these shows and everything got shut down. And um, I'd spent all of my money. I didn't have anything left to do. And so I just sat there with all of my equipment. I had my laptop, my guitar, 
my instruments and, you know, my pen and pad. And I just started getting to work at it. So uh, within that first week staying over there, I had produced and written and <laughs> finished like the entire project. And then afterwards I listened to it and I was like, oh, this is what this is what's going on. This is what I've been thinking about this whole time. This is what I've been feeling. It's so, it's so weird. Like, you know, hearing it now. And it's like, I was trying to send a message to myself through my art. And, um, that's amazing. So yeah, that's, that's that project. Um, and the specific song I was talking about, um, well, actually the, the few songs that I was talking about, I have songs on there. I have the song called art to me um monster and roll and essentially those three are are almost the trilogy well actually the whole thing is, is connected but it's a story of chasing after this thing and wanting to be what it desires and then like that's art to me then roll comes in and I mean, the monster comes in and it's like, okay, so now I've been chasing so long after this thing and I've done all this stuff to try to become what it desires. And now I'm looking in the mirror and I don't recognize who's staring at me on the other side of the glass. And there's a line in there that says, um, uh, I feel like I've been trying way too hard to give back to you. Don't know this monster I've become. Look what you've done to me. And then Roll is essentially about being in a situation, being in a party that you never wanted to be in to begin with. And um, yeah, like pretty, pretty much, you know, a lot of times we get in these situations, especially in this industry, this industry, a lot of times will get us to a place where we saw what we thought we wanted to be in and then we get there and it's like, Oh, that's what this actually is. Right. Um, And so role is like, you know, like we've been in this party all night. I've been trying to go since we arrived. I want to get out of here. (laughs) Like there, there are of course amazing parts of, uh, of this thing, especially like the interactions with, with fans and supporters and things that make it all worth it at the end of the day but there are definitely some dark sides to this industry. Oh yeah. But I think the one thing you did with this, this project that you did a great job on was the, the diversity you applied to each song. Every song is different, you know, and listening through, I was ironically, the song that stuck out to me the most was roll. And that's what we're, that's what we're going to get into in a minute on. We're going to hear that in a minute, but the other songs towards the end, like once I was getting towards the end of it, like float away, or, or no, Free My Heart and like Ready to Love. Those two songs had like EDM elements, which I definitely want to talk to you about because that's yeah. like, that totally like took me off guard. I was like, well, where'd this come from? Like, <laughs> yeah. like I was like this hook, it just took over. I was like, wow. So we're definitely going to get into that. But before we do, we're going to get into Roll off of Love the Experience Volume 1 by Eddie Collier. Or Collier. That mm-hmm. is E-D-I-C-A. L L I E R. You can follow him on all socials at Eddie Collier. So we're going to get right into this song roll off that album. We're going to get right back into it with Eddie right here. 
killed that like i love that song so that beat was dope dude and like the dark i feel like the dark vibe that that song has right now that's like in right now like when you're watching tv shows and everything right now that's the vibe you're see you're hearing in the background like yeah. let alone like the you know the meaning of the song as a whole it's just it could it, it's so universal um yeah. so congrats on that dude that that sounded thank sick thank you thank you and you know it's it's actually like I, I really, that is so intentional how universal it, it is because one of the things when I was writing the song, um, like I always like for my, my music to go somewhere, you know, I, like I want it to be a journey. My dad used to tell me about writing songs. He said, you have to be able to write it down on paper and read it without singing it and like make sense. And so not only that, I'm a huge fan of like movies and like great storytelling. So I like to go places with stuff. But when I was writing that song, 
I was like, okay, for the second verse, I'm going to elaborate some more on, on what I'm actually talking about. And then I was like, no, I'm going to leave it right here. Hmm. But I'm going to leave it right here because one of the things that has been very interesting about that is that um, people have created their own meanings for the song. Like what, like, you know, on the surface, you've got, you know, the, the whole party, like wanting to be out of the party situation. But then once you listen on, on like that deeper level on what it actually means, I've had people, um, you know, come to me with their theories. They're like, Oh wow. Yeah. You know, I understand. It's like being trying to get out of a career or trying to get out of a relationship or trying to get out. I've had people come to me and tell me that that song helped them get out of abusive relationships that they were in, you know, and that's like that in and of itself is actually, um, is actually really inspiring for me. And yeah. You produce this one yourself? I did. I actually produced, wrote and mixed the entire project. That's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) Now, where did the inspiration for production come? Did that come from an early age too? Uh, yeah, really. Um, so, you know, from an early age, um, so my dad plays like every instrument in the world. Oh, that's amazing. He's also uh, a producer and writer himself. Oh, wow. And, um, and so I grew up like just watching him in the studio, seeing him make all these records and all the other stuff like that. And then going, going in and doing it myself. And so I've always had that passion for, for production. And now that I'm in the space, I mean, I've always had a passion for writing as well and for, for singing and everything, but um, where I'm at now, it's really great to be able to fully express, you know, the things that I'm feeling through all of that music, because all of it coincides, like coincides with each other. It's, It's all, um it's all connected the production of it and the writing of it like you know i don't know if i'd be able to tell the story the same way you know of course i love doing stuff with other producers and other people and other writers but like just with that project specifically there was something that i wanted to get out and so being able to like produce and write that whole thing really was like therapy for me you know right no, seriously. And it, like, you can hear it on certain songs. Like on that song, you went like, I, I forget how long it was in it, but you're listening to it, it's really monotone. And then you just hit it. And I was like, yeah. whoa, like if you were, if you were, if you were getting in the vibe then, like you took them right out of it right then yeah. put them in place, you know, like it was yeah. so emotional, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, that was a thing with, I think the whole project really, but a lot of the songs I, so in the period of time when I was writing these records, I really just wanted to yell. <laughs> I wanted, like, you, you know, that whole uh, thing where they, um, what is it? It's like a, a form of therapy where they tell you to go out into the woods and just like scream. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to scream at the top of my lungs in the studio <laughs> with notes. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because, like I was telling you earlier, like I've never really been a fan of my own music until like recently mm-hmm. when I started with this higher tone I have. But part of yeah. it is because the volume I'm rapping on it with now, you know, and I feel like I can't get my point across unless I'm going at that volume, 
You know, yeah, like, exactly. like I used to be so cotton, like, and obviously I can quiet down a little bit and still get a point across, but it, it's so expressive. And like, I, I'm a hundred percent with you on that. Now I, <laughs> I noticed you had some chops on the drums too. So where did that come from? Yeah. Uh, so I am also a preacher's kid. Uh, so my dad is like this musical genius, I guess for, well, I don't even want to say for lack of a better word, because I feel like that is pretty accurate but um he also is a minister and so i would actually play with my dad on sundays um like every sunday since i was about seven or eight years old and um and (laughs) it's funny he'd have me play drums play keys and sing at the same time that's sick yeah. Well, you'd have so, to learn, you know, once you once you get that down, you're golden. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I so did it at the time, but I'm so grateful for it now. Now, would you say you're you're just as skilled on the keys now as you are on the drums or are you better at one than the other? Hmm. Um, I will say I have done more more gigs on keys. Okay. Uh, and I actually, before I really started diving in as heavily as I am now as an artist, I was uh, playing keys for a lot of artists um, out in Atlanta, out here in Atlanta. And um, I was playing for a bunch of a uh, bunch of the artists that would come in town and everything like that, playing keys mostly. But um, before that, I was playing drums at a bunch of churches. And so I don't know. Uh I I'd definitely say keys probably has taken over yeah. more so, but I don't know. I there's some stuff I can do on drums that like <laughs> that really enjoy. <laughs> the quick clips. I mean, I saw a few clips, and one of the clips I saw, you were just going ham on. I was like, damn, this yeah. kid's got <laughs> chops on there too. Now, like, I mean, maybe this will speak on it, but like, who are some of your influences? You know, for music. Uh, Prince definitely. Okay um michael jackson uh stevie wonder earth wind and fire aerosmith nirvana uh john williams danny elfman um a bunch of bunch of gospel artists like israel houghton and all of them or houghton and uh ty trivet like i don't know it's it's just this whole super mixed palette yeah of, of people kimberell vocally um yeah just all of that i i actually before i decided to to go in the direction that i'm in now when i was when i was little when i was like really really young my desire was to go to juilliard uh, oh, wow. and become a um film composer okay a film score composer and then and then berkeley showed up and was like hey you can do not that and do this stuff and you know improvise and be a rock star and i was like okay Berkeley. <laughs> that's so funny yeah well that i mean it leads you like i think be, having those influences you know you could hear it in your music and not only that but then you know by the time you you hit the stage at the apollo it kind of yeah. that's like full circle i mean look at some of the acts that have performed there and then you hit that yeah. stage it's like Wow. You know, how was that? You know, how was that experience? That was actually really cool. Um, it was really cool. It was it was a little bit like the four. 
so I guess that was my uh, that was my pregame for the four because I, I did the um, the competition that they have there, and uh, I made it. I think three rounds on there. Um, one of the things that's so interesting about that is that they have this culture with um, with the Apollo. Um, <laughs> where first of all you have to rub the tree trunk oh. and also if people don't like what you're doing they are encouraged to boo as loudly as they possibly can i heard about that yeah and thankfully i didn't get any booze but being in a position where in the back of my mind i was thinking I really don't want to get booed. Yeah, like it could happen. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's a little interesting, but it was really cool. I actually, I hope it's still there. I signed my name. Um, I signed my name next to Bruno Mars on the wall walking into the Apollo stage. That's so uh, dope. Yeah, and it was right around the time when he had done uh, Bruno Mars Live at the Apollo. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. The thing too is it's kind of hard to boo your performance because anybody that's ever heard Eddie Collier, they're going to see this <laughs> electric performance. Like the one thing I noticed with your performances is that like, it's hard not to smile when watching you perform because like you, you bring it out of your audience. You know what I mean? Like if it, it's like I said in that one song in, in roll, I mean, you, you, anybody that's following this vibe, that's kind of low. It's going to pick right up once you hit that emotional tone, you know, that yeah. note. You know, so same thing with your performance. You know, if you guys got it, you guys got to go watch Eddie Collier <laughs> if you haven't already, because the performances are outrageous. Now, hey. no, no, a hundred. Thank you. You know, <laughs> keep performing <Okay>. like that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> where does the EDM influence come come into play? You know, because I'm hearing all these other now. Now, like I said, you know, the final two songs on the album caught my attention. So I'm like, where does this EDM come from? <laughs> So that's definitely, I, I have a love and a passion for, for EDM and for electronic music as well. In fact, really just music that moves me, anything that, that I hear that feels good. Um, and it's so, it's so funny too, because I actually, uh, um, free my heart and R to me almost didn't make it on the project. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, because the thing is, prior to prior to this project, I had kind of become known for this certain type of sound with a lot of my my live stuff. Um, it was like leaning more towards you know the the soul and R and B side and things, and um, and then I realized at a certain point, I can do whatever I want because it's my music. Right. <laughs> like I don't have to try to and only thing is it was like I hadn't liberated myself as an artist yet um prior to and doing those songs really kind of opened up my artistic like my artistic range because I actually posted those up I posted those songs up before they came out um and just to kind of get like a, a vibe just to see you know what people would say because i was like and, I, and then i posted it timidly too i was like hey i've got some weird stuff for you guys to check <laughs> out and then somebody uh i remember this comment vividly i don't remember who posted it but somebody commented and said 
dude, stop calling it weird stuff. Yeah. It's you. <laughs> right. it, it's just, it's not weird. It's just you. And I was like, you're right. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, and you're lucky that you are not even lucky, but like it was smart on your part to name the album volume one at the end of it, because it almost like it's two, it's two part one. It's the first glimpse of you. It's the debut, but it's also, you can go in any directions. It gives anybody that listens to it. Uh, the knowledge, like it shows them what you're capable of doing in all different, you know, aspects, EDM is singing, yeah. you know, a little anything, you know, and, I feel like you nailed it by putting them on there. And I, that's a great idea. And like I said, it diversified the whole freaking album, adding songs like that on there. And like a lot of people don't realize too, like when you're listening to songs like roll and some of the other ones, you know, like that you could hear a band behind and stuff. A lot of people don't understand, like, obviously there's talent that goes into that, you know, regardless, but making EDM isn't easy either. You know, it's a totally different yeah. animal, you know, and like messing with totally. the synth the synthesizers, the automation, all that, you know, and like, cause I, you know, I produce it as well. So I, I a hundred percent understand. Yeah. And, and I love sense. Oh, oh man. my God. It, the feel, you know, I mean, if I could just, if I could just win a million dollars and just put a big synth, the modular synth just up and down this wall yeah. and just have that be my backdrop. And I'm just plugging away yeah. all day. Uh, I'll be, you know, yeah. satisfied. That'll be perfect. But like, and that's where, you know, this album impressed me the most was the fact that you implemented that and you did a great job on it. The great job right. on the production, 100 percent to close out. If you could collaborate with anybody, who would it be? That's a that is a uh, I have a list. I literally have a list. <laughs> that's uh, good. That's good. So you're going to yeah. always know. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I, I think at the top. Definitely Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars. Okay. Uh, and it's funny. It's funny too that they ended up doing the project, right. project together because those were already like the top two on there. Definitely Miguel. Um and I feel like we have some similar energies going on. Um Beyonce because that's on everybody's list. But yeah. also I feel like there's some stuff that could be explored like with us doing records together and then uh frank ocean that would be really cool um let's see oh ed sheeran oh man yeah that would be really cool that would be really 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 cool and uh sean mendez might maybe oh charlie poof and and funny thing is we went to the same school not at the same but he went. He went to Berkeley as well. Oh yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah. I forgot yeah, about that. Cool. And uh, yeah, um, I don't know. This is, the list goes on and on. Janae Aiko, um, Janelle Monet, uh, Rihanna would be pretty cool. Um, Amine, well, because we're both from Portland. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the one the one to me that you mentioned, like every single one of these, I, I can totally see it. You know, like yeah. Janelle, I love Janelle Monet, So I'm like, yeah, I could totally see you. doing yeah. a song there. But like the one that makes the most sense to me was your first one. Silk Sonic. You know, you got you got Anderson Pac and Bruno Mars right there. Like I'm thinking in my head, as soon as I look at that duo, I'm like, they need a third anyways. They need one more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if they had, if there was three guys up there doing that stuff, that would be freaking. It would blow us away. You know what I mean? Well, Sonic, so, 
you know what to do. <laughs> you know, here's your third member. Seriously, Eddie Collier is waiting to get into Silk Sonic. You know, exactly. and I'm and I'm vouching for it. I'm 100% condoning this. You know, and once yeah. again, once again, Eddie, yo, thank you for coming on here and thank you for sharing your story. You know, I can't wait yeah. to hear more. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's um, there is a whole slate. And it's so cool to be in a position now to do a slate. Like I have a whole schedule of things that are just going to be dropping back to back to back to back in 2022. And uh, it's going to be a really, really fun year. Oh, and I can't, I honestly can't wait to listen to it, you know, because if I wasn't a fan before this, I'm now a fan, you know, and I'm sure you are listening to this. If you're listening on audio or watching this on YouTube, you can find Eddie Collier at the official, officially Eddie, and that's officially edi.com slash music. You could also find him on Instagram.com slash Eddie Collier. And like I said, that's E-D-I-C-A-L-L-I-E-R. Same with Twitter, same with Facebook. And you could also find him on YouTube. Go subscribe right now. Follow this guy because he's got a lot of talent and he's doing big things. Thanks again for coming on, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. This is really cool. Eddie Callier, go check him out. If you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or an audio platform, Please follow, otherwise subscribe on YouTube or wherever you watch this. Follow me and this podcast on social media and check it out on musicmondayspodcast.com. Thank you for tuning in. If you need any other recommendations for holiday gifts, just hit me up, musicmondays at mazement.co. Otherwise, have a great holiday. We'll be back the Monday right after. Until then, 